Uh, I saw on my drive this morning, I saw into the studio, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some people with an anti-abortion uh, poster. Oh, cool. Did it convince so. you? Uh, no, it was one of the ones with the fetus on it. And it's like, this Those is are what my it favorite. looks like at 10 weeks. Um, but running low on time. So just gave them a swift fuck off nerds. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, um, you know, when I was in junior high was when, uh, America decided maybe we should get serious about smoking. Uh, like cigarettes, right? Yeah. Like cigarettes. And, uh, that's when we found out that like in other countries that weren't owned by the, uh, tobacco industry, uh, they oh, had yeah. like the pictures of like, uh, deformed fetuses that had been damaged from, uh, nicotine use during pregnancy and all that type of stuff. Like just the size of the pack of the package, like on the outside of the carton of cigarettes, there's just like a pictures of diseased lungs diseased livers diseased fetuses <laughs> like all of it yeah to to shock your system um yeah I, I still remember my texas history teacher coming into seventh grade catholic school with uh some of those cigarette boxes and being like have you ever seen these guys he was also the that same year my seventh grade year was when texas passed uh concealed carry and, uh, you know, li- licensed concealed carry. Like, back when we were a good conservative state, you'd, you know, you'd, you'd right go get a... Right after Luby's then. Yeah, it's, you know, 90, uh, 94, uh, 93, 94. And uh, the... <laughs> he came in that morning, and, uh, you know, they used to sell those, like, uh, long barrel Civil War-looking type of revolver pistols, but they were just cap guns, but they looked, like, real... You know, yeah, yeah. He just had like two of those stuffed inside of his pants, like Yosemite Sam came strutting in the classroom. Is like, what is this making you guys nervous? <laughs> and what was the point of that? Because it was the day that uh, the Texas had just allowed concealed carry in in Texas, and but he was actually kind of cool because he was making a mockery of it. Like he thought it was stupid to have uh, any kind of concealed carry license for anyone in the state so that that was kind of interesting it, it was just a weird you know catholic school where you had uh most of it was run by you know priests and brothers and then we had one female teacher who was the spanish teacher we had one super nerd guy who taught all of math and science and then we had our texas history professor who was like like libertarian but like in a in a hippie way like a hippie smoke weed yeah. libertarian guy yeah those used to exist huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's never ending to find a beginning that came before everything like kids with decoders discover the
guns in forever. I did spend time in Texas, though, on my way back through. What was it like? It's been a while since you've been here, huh? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, and it felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking... Was that was that you I was talking to? I think it was you. I was like, everybody... It's, it's interesting because you could... My flight from uh, Southern California to Dallas... You could walk through where the gate was and just tell who is going back home and who is going to visit Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) It is like such a stark difference. Um, But I overheard some lady in the airport. And of course, my my second flight was uh, in the terminal right at the end honoring um, service members. So that was... Mm -hmm. That was fun. Um, like all service members, like nurses and what? what's the new flag? The new thin blue line flag where they put all of them on there except doctors. Oh, I right. Think. Yeah. Well, it was first responders. Um, Canine what units. Are the, the people that answer the phones. Yeah. Yeah. 911 uh, telemarketers. The operate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they call you, see if an emergency is happening. Always during yeah. dinner. um and i overheard some lady saying that she had just moved to texas from uh somewhere some other southern state and um she was just amazed because everyone is so truthful if they tell you they're going to do something they're going to do it it's just such so many honest people (laughs) that i mean that's not really been my experience because usually like the the Texas hospitality bullshit is all just passive aggressive false modesty and fake niceness to basically tell you that they really hate you like that it, it like at least in like uh larger cities where people have to you know don't get to just urban sprawl out a uh, hundred miles away from the city hub and still claim Dallas um you know, people are a little bit more forthright. Like, you know, in New York, they'll tell you to fuck yourself, like to your face, if you like get a little bit too close to them. In Texas, it's I hate it. I hate I hate the false hospitality, the the bless your heart, the all all of it. It's the the passive aggressive nature of Texans to pretend that they're nice is just a, appalling to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, you know, I hadn't had queso in quite a while i'll make it at home but i i was talking to you weeks before i was like i think i'm just gonna get queso whenever i'm in the airport yep um and uh and you went to dfw so you were gonna have to suffer like papacitos queso or something like that you weren't gonna get like cantina laredo or more uh something you might find in love field yeah, something that would actually be tasty. No, yeah, I got Velveeta queso from Papacitas. Nice. <laughs> but it was it was the most like I guess I'm more Californian now because halfway through I was like should have just gotten guacamole. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you'd had time, you could have hopped out of the airport and we could have gotten some real real good stuff, but you know, you had to you had to hang out for that four and a half hour layover or whatever it was. Well, you say we, but you were no longer there. Oh yeah, that's right. 
That's right. <laughs> See, you're. I think your brain scrambled. I've been gone. I've been gone too many weeks in a row. I don't. I don't even know really where I am. Uh, yeah. So Eric and I got to meet in person for the first time after knowing each other for almost three years. It was pretty great. Ten days yeah. ago, the first time Eric and I ever saw each other. <laughs> You know, and I had brought all my recording stuff, but I was like, yeah, we don't need to record anything. That would not be. <laughs> I need to save the batteries for this art interview that is going to get canceled an hour beforehand. <clears throat> so so Eric was surprised to find that, uh, like, I have, you know, a vestigial tale, a few other weird things that I had never told him about my appearance. Yeah. Right. Um <laughs> I mean, being that close to you, I'd have to say you're you're a good looking guy. You know, I oh. thought over the, I thought the uh, Mac camera was chiseling your features or something, mm. but no, they're chiseled in person. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I was using that. I I was really worried that you were gonna finally see me without the filter, and uh, just <laughs> right, be disgusted yeah. by my appearance. <laughs> you finally see that I'm. I really am forty years old. I once I take this twenty year younger filter off my face. <laughs> no, I don't think you look forty. I don't know how old everyone else is, but uh, it seems like a vibrant group. I would say. Yeah, it's um, it's why I like hanging out with Jorts, because <laughs> we're <laughs> otherwise I'm always the oldest guy in the group. But Jorts and I are from like the same graduating high school class, so we're like the smoke-free guys, uh, the 40-year-old dudes. We, we've crossed the threshold that everyone else is seeing on the, on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> and thriving. Yeah, yeah, and thriving. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's why I like having him there because uh, we, we can talk about stuff like, oh, man, remember how it was so cool when uh, we got our driver's license and our first pager in the same day? <laughs> and everyone's like, what? What's a pager? Yeah. Yeah, we we can have those cool cool types of conversations. No, but then when I, you know, like this weekend I was in Montana with the <clears throat> with the degenerates and um I'm I'm the oldest one by far out of that group and married for 20 years while I think I think someone might be married for 10 years in that group. I'm not sure. I don't know. Not I don't I don't know if anyone's been married a decade even out of that group, but yeah. It feels kind of weird. Um, I'll I'll make some offhanded comments to like things that happened in the early Clinton administration and just get a bunch of <laughs> silence to these jokes. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you everyone else got politically active during the the first Bush administration. Got to remember that. Got got to remember that. <laughs> package, package. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I I've. Uh, I've had a lot of fellowship and camaraderie, more than I've had in like the last two years, all crammed into ten days. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was nice. Um, just because I I also haven't traveled at all. Um, being on an airplane was weird because I'm like one of five people wearing a mask. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, but you know. Uh, I'd rather keep all of these people healthy around me. That's that's my goal. <laughs> Man, going to Montana 
uh, like our Chicago flight was super chill, like no eventful people on the flight. Um, you know, they allow you to buy alcohol on the plane again. So that worked out really well. You know, George and I are slamming screwdrivers up in the air. It was wonderful. Um, on the way to Montana though, <laughs> since I guess it was like a music festival up there under the big mm -hmm. sky. And so it's like a, it's a country themed kind of music festival. Although the first time it was a little bit more slight, like alt country indie rock too. But like this, this lineup was much more just straightforward country. Um, and so you'd think, oh yeah, Texas people, they like country. So they're just going to fly up there for the Montana thing. But like even people in Texas that wear like boots and jeans and cowboy hats, like they had to get in a different kind of Montana uh, costume in order to get on the plane. Like I guess cowboy hats and boots in Montana are slightly different than cowboy hats and boots in Texas. Like in Texas, you know, you have more of like the straw type of hat because it's hot. But you're going up to Montana, so you're right. going to want to get the really nice, like, felt-brimmed, you know, hat that has, like, no sweat stains in it. Like, you want that thing to look crisp, like you just pulled it off the shelf. Uh, and uh, so everyone's wearing one of those hats, especially the females. On the plane? Yeah, especially the female. Cool, you don't want that hat to get crushed in your luggage. <laughs> so you've got guys like... Okay. Like... Some people went full cosplay, you know, they went ahead and put their jeans and their boots and everything on. But other people were like, oh, shit, it's 110 degrees in Texas. I'll just wear my flip-flops and shorts, <laughs> but with this awesome brand new $400 felt <laughs> cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah, bought at the airport. Weird look, weird look. Um, But so, uh, American, you know, assigned seats. So I'm assigned a seat, I'm sitting down, it's all fine. The people in front of me, <laughs> uh it's it's a guy and his his wife and he's wearing like a camo baseball hat you know the kind that like all the people wore on january 6th and uh the the wife has one of those felt cowboy hats on and they're passing forth back this story about uh sully sullenberger and about yeah you know he got fired because he was drunk and that's why he crashed that plane and <laughs> Like, that's, that's not what happened. You're conflating a Denzel Washington movie with, <laughs> with Sully Sullenberger, two totally different things. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so th there was a lot of uh, definite uh, storm the Capitol vibe on the plane. It was it was pretty cool, you know. <laughs> just just felt great. Jake was saying on that uh, the people in front of him were watching episodes of the TV show Yellowstone on the flight to get ready to go up to Montana, <laughs> which is just very strange. I don't know. <laughs> like, hyped. I don't think I watch Hawaii Five-0 to get ready to go to Hawaii, but, you know, to eat your own. <laughs> uh, and I had a lady in front of me on the flight was... Uh, she She spent about... I don't want to exaggerate, so I'll say five or six minutes thinking of what to text to her friend. Okay. Um, and the texts included, because I wrote it down on uh, my iPod just because I was like, I got to remember this um, because 
You, what is she doing? You were just screenshotting from your phone onto her phone, on her giant text <laughs> on her phone. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was just watching. It was, a, it was a photo of a dog, and I'm thinking she was sending it to the dog's owner. And uh, the first text she had typed out was just Tom's, and then stared at that for about 30 seconds, deleted it, eyes, exclamation point, and then stared at that one for a good minute, deleted Tom's eyes. That one almost went through mm. uh, and then deleted that one and then went back to uh, eyes, dot, 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 it's Tom. And that <laughs> one finally nailed okay, it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You, well, you know, it's the thing about jokes is that it's not necessarily <laughs> like the content. It's just specifically the wording and, and the order of the words. Right, and the timing and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So then I was thinking, okay, well, this is just like a some kind of normal lady, you know, trying to trying to make a joke with her friend. Uh, then she she logs into um, whatever America Airlines in flight, whatever thing, mm-hmm. uh, flips on the news to watch uh, Fox News, where they are then talking about how uh, the Border Patrol agents are under investigation. Um, Due to false allegations of whipping. Oh yeah, see, they <laughs> weren't Jesus whipping Christ. those Haitians. It just it was a they see on horses. Sometimes you have to have these really long, open, like leather straps that are attached to the bridle. You know, so and then mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm. whip the horse with that either. You just like remind the horse that it needs to you know walk whenever you 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 sling that piece of leather down on the horse. And then when you're right. slinging that piece of leather down on a human being, that's not a whip. That's not a whip. Technically, it's not a whip. Because it's not. that's not how they sold that product in the store. Those are right, reins. Right. So, so It's not an assault rifle they're, because they're, it's an... They're slapping people with reins. Right, that's right. not whipping them. It's totally different. Armalite. Totally not different. Not assault rifle. <laughs> not weapons of war because <laughs> they don't use the AR-15 in war. If anything, it's the M4 carbine. Come totally on, guys. different with the you know, three shot burst, which nobody uses because it's not accurate. So we, we can't um, have a conversation until you guys get serious about your terminology. Right. Yeah. Terminology guy is my, one of my least favorite guys. Um, <laughs> well, it, it was, it is like the, one of the first things you learn in debate, um, in debate club, you know, cause like if the other person you know, launches into the thing and they don't define their terms at the beginning, then you can easily get them on a lot of that stuff. Like in the tournament, you know, you can, ah, I can just undermine your whole argument because you didn't, you know, specify what your definitions of terms were at the beginning. If, and I can take this ambiguously and therefore your, your debate, your, your argument is, is thrashed, but, uh, it's not the same. When people, no. <laughs> it's not the same thing. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, normal conversations are not debates. Um, I think, uh, you know, maybe debate is an okay thing for kids to do. I think logic would be a good thing to teach kids. But, yeah, there's a rash of people who think that uh, real life means debate. Um, yeah, our class in private school was called simply rhetoric. 
like mm-hmm. rhetoric like and but in order to ha- actually have rhetoric you have to follow these logical guidelines otherwise it's not rhetoric it's just yeah balderdash gibberty goo goo gobbly words right right <laughs> <laughs> um so that was also my first time up in the north uh yeah i guess i, I asked, guess that's the north I mean, it, it was a Yankee state, first time in a Yankee state. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I won't count the, I won't count, I've been to Alaska, Washington, and Oregon, so, but that's, those weren't around. Yeah, they, they weren't sending, there was no, like, uh, 5th Cavalry Battalion from Oregon that fought in the American Civil War. No. Um, unless there was, and you're doing one of your facetious. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't okay. think they. I don't think they were there. <laughs> I don't think they sent a whole. <laughs> they're like, what we need here is the that Oregon cavalry. If we only had those guys, we could finally <laughs> overthrow General Lee. No. Um. So I did ask Justin on the train right when I got there where I was supposed to lay down my musket. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. He just said City Hall, and Lori Lightfoot would take that and yeah you know yeah they have a buyback program i think like you get a 25 dollars gift card to cvs but you can only use it on mental health prescriptions yeah speaking of did you see the new uh mental health number the national number no so there's um i mean i don't know what it came from but there was a uh, some national number now that instead of calling nine one one, if there's like a mental health crisis, you can call nine. What is it? Nine nine eight. eight, eight oh, I, I know, I know now. Yeah, it's uh, it was the suicide hotline. Yeah, but they just made it the three number. Yeah, nine eight eight. I think. Yeah, but now it's more than suicide hotline. It's like, like mental health crisis responders. Yeah, so that it bypasses police and they don't send police out if you're having a any kind of situation because of neurodivergence of any kind. Yeah. So um, cops just won't show up and kill your autistic brother. Right. We solved it. Which you said this was <laughs> you said this guy was a problem. Man, yeah, the cops have been on one. They've killed uh I think yeah. six people in L- in July. Lodo was great. You you followed this Lodo story, Denver Lodo on Sunday morning? Um no. There's too many. So there was a dude, there's a dude who, uh, it's like 1.30 in the morning, bars are letting out, lower downtown Denver, it's right next to Union Station where the train drops you off from the airport, it's right next to Coors Field, um, the Broncos Stadium, all of it's right there, all the breweries, all the cannabis shops, they're all just right there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's like 1.30 in the morning, cops respond to somebody getting in a fight outside of a bar, they interact with this person who is oh, supposedly yeah. getting in the fight and like he steps kind of away from them and then runs off into the crowd. Um, the cops pursue him and then because he didn't follow their instructions, unload into a crowd of bystanders and shoot three different people who are just innocent. The, uh, the assailant, they say, the reason the cops fired was that he reached into his waistband or two or one account of the police says they saw him reach into his waistband. Another account from the police says they saw him pull a gun. 
he never fired a shot for sure if he even had a gun um because the only uh the only id of a gun being present is now after the fact from the cops saying they recovered his gun from the scene but uh the anyway the only shots fired were from police and the only people injured uh that were not the person they were following were uh, bystanders in the crowd, three that were directly hit and three others that were hit off ricochets and grazing shots. And then one person that has a leg injury, but I'm not sure if it's because they were running and they fell. I don't think they might've been hit by a bullet, but it was because of the chaos that they got kind of trampled up on. Um, but yeah, cool stuff. I mean, <laughs> and, and to get, be honest, and the, and, uh, in Colorado, it is legal to conceal carry. So if the guy was carrying a gun, it's probably not the reason for cops to pull a gun out and shoot him because that, that's I mean, kind of legal. So Because of the Supreme Court, can't you just carry anywhere anyways? Well, that's that's the plan is that uh, everyone become, everywhere becomes Texas and it's just open carry, no, no license for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard, no offense to these other states, but... Uh, can't keep up with all the police shootings out there because LAPD's killed like six people in July. I think six or seven people in June. Um, they're on one. And then just the other day uh, in San Bernardino, a guy, Rob Adams, cops pulled up. There's video of it because there was uh, it was like in a parking lot. So that video was released instantly by people who could have access to it. If the cops had access to it. You know, they'd would slow roll it for a couple months, but um, they just pulled up in an unmarked car, got out and shot the guy because mm-hmm. he had a warrant. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of uh, crazy. And then you see, did you see the um, Boston Dynamics dog finally has a yeah, gun Yeah, 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 yeah. The same Boston Dynamics great. dog we saw at Rage. <laughs> like, look how yes. we're, look how we're <laughs> going to improve it at the border. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the well, we just put a fully automatic <laughs> machine gun on that guy. <laughs> the thing that's crazy about these these dogs, and like you know, people are are saying like, well, this this will mean that like cops can't accidentally shoot people, right? It's like, are you going to feel fine? You're doing a protest, and this is all there is around. Like, right, right. See, instead of cops, it's going to be these. We've just things. taken all the humanity out of policing. This is this is my this is my same thing of uh, on baseball umpires. You know, we right, got to right. keep the human element in the game because what's going to happen if like robot shows up and just starts calling balls and strikes perfectly? Like, it's probably going to start killing all the players. So, I mean, it's <laughs> it's one of those things that. Like the the Pentagon has reported on it that mega cities and urban unrest are a top three threat factor for the military, and one of their risks that they're afraid of for it is that U.S. soldiers may not obey orders to shoot U.S. civilians. Yeah, so they want these things, and then on top of that, you need to know like abortion activists are one of the top. Like yeah. domestic threats. That yeah, they've, they're the instigators right. <laughs> of all this violence. So it is, you know, I mean, it's one of those things you're just like, well, keep track of it. But <laughs> but, but we all know that it's really because 
of the impending climate crisis as people are going to be trying to break down the walls of these little private communities that start to hoard water and other resources. Um, we're going to need a lot of robots to shoot those people. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, these rich neighborhoods aren't going to be able to just protect themselves. So, yeah, it's it's getting wild. Um, well, that, that was the thing, like up in Montana, there were it was like. Not 100 degrees, but they're experiencing like their version of record heat, too, from the same uh, high pressure system that's hovering over most of the United States right now and cannot be budged Uh like the sun, I mean, you're way up north and you're at elevation. So the sun kind of feels like a magnifying glass. And the mm -hmm. fact that like the sun doesn't really go down till around 11 p.m. And then it just kind of stays just below the horizon, almost like a twilight before just the sun rises again on the other side of the mountains. Um, so, yeah, it would be like cool at night, you know, like in the 60s. But even like in the water on the lake, like the water is 58 degrees because it's a glacier-fed lake. Um, like you had to be in the water. If you were just sitting like outside in the middle of the day, it felt like you were an ant under a magnifying glass because the sun was just so fucking intense. Yeah. How are you enjoying your Californied Texas with all the burn bands and wildfires? Well, I was kind of hoping it was going to kind of be cool, like... Republic of Texas still, but then Beto confirmed that he was going to California, Texas by saying he ideologically disagreed with the concept of defunding the police. So I knew it was totally going to California, my Texas now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's better than the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm glad you're here, but I just have to tell you, I disagree with that. We need to fund them. We need to give them all the training and we need to give them more resources so that they could do the best job. How about you just tell them to improve themselves with what they got? Like, yeah. Yeah. Do you take the lemonade stand How, approach. Yeah. To it? What, what happened to bootstrapping? I thought, uh, I thought the best ones were supposed to be able to, to lift themselves up, you know, that I, it's one wh of those why, why do they need so much welfare just to become merely adequate at a job? <laughs> It drives me insane because it's the same logic as like the business people that are claiming that, um, what is it? Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta cut all these people because, uh, well, we're, we're hemorrhaging money or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, how about we start at the, the profits for shareholders? How about they, you know, they knew there was some risk to it. So why don't we, uh, actively decrease the amount of money they make? So same thing with the cops. How about how about you sell the tank and prove to me that you don't shoot people jumping out of unmarked cars randomly um, or just shoot bystanders, shoot at a guy? Uh, how about no more guns for police? How would that be? Yeah, it's, it's the whole entrepreneurial myth of the idea that uh, we're all Teddy Roosevelt and we can start a business, but that means that we're we're badasses. So we, we also take all the risk, you know, we're willing to let, if this thing fails, it's my ass. But if it, if it goes well, I get to reap in all the rewards. That's, that's who we are, right? We're all fucking rugged, <laughs> rugged individuals. <laughs> it's insane to me how like the rich people that can start a company, they don't have risk because they can just have like, like 
people bail them out <laughs> for it. No, but. that's the whole point. Is uh, is you spread risk amongst all of the all of your the constituent groups inside of your inside of your business, and then you claim that you, it's really your ass. Like if this company goes over, it's really my ass. <laughs> so so to oh. do things to prevent it from being your ass if the company goes under you you know you like fire other people and take away their benefits or force them to work extreme hours or exploit you know indigenous labor in other countries you, you know you do other things to make sure it's not your ass <laughs> no no um but i guess as you mentioned uh the rage show oh my god the highlight the highlight of my year the highlight of the pandemic the highlight of the the last decade i think you know you could bring on another pandemic if we can have rage at the end of it yeah that's yeah. what i always say that was um an inspiring show and it was nice to hear like jorts who is you know a musician but is like very successful musician, I would say. Um, for him to say it was like one of the most inspiring shows he's seen mm-hmm. um, means that I'm not just like, oh, I get to go to a concert with my friends, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. It's it was a fucking amazing show. That that just the um, that that level of sort of energy. I don't think I'd felt since the old Bronco Bull days in Dallas going to shows like that. And I don't know, just the uh, how built up the crowd was. One, because we had all waited over two and a half years for the show. (laughs) Yeah. After we had bought the tickets and had been originally scheduled. And then everything that had happened in those ensuing two and a half years to get ready. Because we thought it was going to be, we thought it was going to go off, you know, like, man, this is going to be awesome. End of the Trump presidency. We're going to like at going into the fucking big, uh, campaign season for, for the new president, all that, that this, this is going to go off. George Floyd had just happened. Um, and like just to, all the things that just kept escalating in the two and a half, two years since that point that like, it was just a frothing, um, boiling pot of of anger that needed to be released but it was it was really cool too because like um you know it's probably it's been a long time since I've been in a place with 30,000 people that were probably 99% of them were all somewhat like-minded <laughs> yeah yeah it it was but boy was it a weird I've never been, as I said, north, and I had never been to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I told Jorts, even in all of my past lives, none of them lived in Wisconsin. Nope. It's a weird place. It's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of same guy in the in the upper Midwest. Like, yeah, they only yeah. made like one guy, and then they had to clone that guy like a thousand times because they weren't creative enough to make a different type of guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a, a lot, lot of same milk. guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah that one of the things i love about being up there is uh it's one of the few times where few places in the world where i feel like uh i'm uh on the edge of like the 98th percentile of tallness (laughs) like (laughs) that show walking around just being like wow 
at 5'10, I'm a guy who feels like a half a head taller than every other male here. It's pretty, it's pretty weird feeling when, when I don't even break six feet, but it's, you know, it's, it's cool. It's kind of a cool vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I get why being tall is cool. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a, I don't know. It, it felt so much more intimate than 30,000 people. <laughs> yes. It was weird and being an outdoor place, but I don't know if it was like you're saying like being built up that it's it's taken this long for this show or if it was all of the political stuff going on and then knowing that rage is going to have like the I haven't like posted the the videos of them or whatever. I'm sure you can find them online, mm-hmm. but I'm not one to like really post stuff too much like that, but um, the like vignettes that they had, like where you talked about the Boston Dynamics dog or the, um, I don't know, they had the, the El Paso police van on fire. They had the Coast Guard helicopter over the migrant that boat. That one was, yeah. The drone shot above a Coast Guard helicopter above a migrant boat. Yeah, that one was and so well-produced. I think my favorite that I had just barely missed taking a video of was the, they had like the people's faces flashing with like facial recognition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the lines and circles showing how they are tracking juxtaposed with just like different women in the Zapatistas wearing a mask showing like that's, you can easily defeat this. Just (laughs) wear a mask. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was fantastic. Well, yeah, just low, low tech can defeat high tech all the time. Yeah, if, if you're if you're smart about it. Yeah, the um, I, I enjoyed how just the crowd was all the same age. Like we were all between like thirty and forty five years old. I don't think there was anyone like over that age, and there certainly was not anyone under that age. At that no, show. yeah, that's very true. <laughs> it was, it was a. An age range. I think I maybe saw a few older people, but they were kind of um, looked like they might have had like a midlife crisis when Rage came out. <laughs> so like they just have season passes to Alpine Valley and go to every concert. <laughs> They're yeah, like, whoa, yeah, yeah. whoa, what is this? <laughs> I just love the German architecture here. <laughs> yeah, well, that that venue being like such an ancient venue, you know, we were standing in the field where Stevie Ray Vaughan's helicopter crashed and he died. So we were there. There's a lot of vibes to that place like that. That amphitheater could never be built today or probably couldn't be couldn't have been built in the last 30 years just because it would not pass any code compliance any ada restriction <laughs> like the the slope God, yeah the slope of the hill for the lawn like we've all been to like more modern venues that have big lawn seating in the back but the slope of this hill was steeper than like a ski slope <laughs> like i can't imagine yeah, how the people stood there like standing almost at like a 30 degree angle with like their toes pointing downhill their ankles must have been destroyed yeah, by the yeah. end of that show yeah, their calves probably cramped up that night from like <laughs> not being used, being used too much. I don't know what it would be, but yeah, that was a that was strange. Um, and just like walking into the place, <laughs> I don't know. It was. I mean, I haven't been to a whole lot of live shows. Like I've mentioned, uh, hopefully, plenty of times, but 
listening to electronic music, the club scene is very different than like a rock show. I've been to um, been to Trans Siberian Orchestra a few times. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I saw Lincoln Park as at um, Fair Park. Okay, and maybe one other. I can't think, but so really not too many. But um, very different, very different feel. Like showing up, like hanging around the car before you go in, and then going. I don't know. It was it was it was a trip. Is that the normal thing? Yeah, it's pretty pretty normal. Well, especially when it's like these out of the way places, because of course. Alpine Valley, like to get there, you drive past where you would go get on the main highway to go to uh, Milwaukee as you drive from Wisconsin or drive from Chicago. And then you just thank you, Justin. You're just going. Yeah. You're just going up this little two lane highway. And we remarked many times in the car that this just looks like Burleson. It's basically like you're driving in Burleson, like out in West Texas. Like there's no hills. There's no fucking mountains. There's like a lot of. Uh, farmland with some sparse trees out on the horizon. But weird to see farmland with zero animals on them. Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. Like, there's, I'm sure that a lot of these are dairy farms, but maybe they have all the cows like huddled in the back somewhere or something. Cause it's not, it wasn't like driving through Texas where you're just seeing range, ranging heads, herds of cattle like all over the land type of thing. Yeah. But anyway, um, so to park at this venue, it's just like some farmer's land that you pull off the highway and they park, you know, like 15,000 cars on. So there's no like uh, paved roads or even like a gravel exit lane or anything like that. You just kind of these people are kind of waving you and you're doing a pretty good job of lining the cars up in some kind of organized rows. Um so when we got out, it took a while to find the car because a lot more people had showed up since the time we had gotten there. So like the what our memory was of like where our car was in the field now was like the the number of cars had tripled since that time. So it made it harder to like scale exactly where our car might have been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There might have been some some mind altering t- stuff too that kind of no, tricked no. our perception of <laughs> distance and time of how long it took us to walk <laughs> to one spot. Yeah, that was that was weird. But yeah, the uh, I enjoy the uh, the just post game tailgate where you just wait for all of these other cars to figure out how to filter out of a farmer's field. <laughs> There's no like yeah. real traffic rules or who gets to go first or like orderly way of we're going to let one car from each area go out at you know we're going to feather these cars together like a braid so they can all get out at the same time no none of that you might as well just sit in the field enjoy this this cool wisconsin night and just wait for everyone else to leave and be the last one out of the fucking lawn <laughs> yeah that was that was uh pretty fun i thought that there was going to be more i mean i guess we heard it um some people hanging out that maybe met each other at the show or something, but Mm -hmm. yeah, there was, it was, it was much more like just different people standing at their car waiting to go. Yeah. We, Uh, I walked, we walked past TC and I walked past the car that was just Blair and Chris Cornell solo. Cause I guess, uh, 
you know, seeing Rage Against the Machine got the feels up for Audio Slave, and they were like, man, we just need to have a little in memoriam smoke sesh around the truck right now where we blast some Chris Cornell solo album. <laughs> I, I did not know, though, that Audio Slave was like a side project of Rage. No, it's not a side project. It's a totally different band. It's just Rage Against well, the Machine, but instead of Zach singing, it's Chris Cornell, and they have totally right, okay. other songs. Well, Although okay, they would, would play call... some, they would play some rage songs at their shows, and you know, I I didn't want to poison your mind, so I I I prevented <laughs> from sharing you guys Chris Cornell doing "Killing in the Name" after we had just seen the best rendition of "Killing in the Name" ever because I didn't want to like piss in everyone's Cheerios. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> But the okay, we'll see. For me, Boxcar Racer is a side, a Blink One Eighty Two side project. Okay, it's okay, a, okay. Uh, Angels and so, Airwaves is is. Do you consider that a Blink side project, or is it just a Tom DeLonge yeah, solo but, project? Well, uh, there's other people, but <laughs> I would say the main band is Blink One Eighty Two, and then these other okay. are different. But that's kind of again, I'm outside of this world. That's my interpretation. Yeah. So, um. You're not part of that yeah. world, but they're <laughs> Man, part of mine. I, I that was the one thing though. I wish that I uh, I knew more of the songs by heart because I I recognized like all the songs they were playing, mm -hmm. but I don't know the lyrics as I have mentioned many many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and their lyrics aren't like. Here comes that catchy refrain again where we're going to all sing the hook about loving that girl and wanting to hold her hand, guys. Everyone, sing it together. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny though cuz I've uh as I was talking about like um you know I've been trying to get into some hardcore music for like working out and stuff like that and the music that I that I listen to now that's like that it's very all one thing. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's, it gets to an intensity and then it stays there until the end of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a train, but, like a big like a big freight train. Yeah. But <laughs> rage songs rage songs are so uh how would you describe it? Like it it, it feels like new metal type of like <laughs> like it has the rock and then it slows down for like the kind of spoken part and then yeah, builds yeah. up an intensity lots so of dynamic there's lots of dynamics even though they go fucking hard there's God, a whole lot of dynamics where they'll yeah. like just get quiet and let it just be a little bitty ghosty note drum part with the bass so that zach can all almost whisper rap at you for a verse <laughs> yeah yeah so it it felt like a flashback too because i wasn't around for that scene like like I, I of course remember Limp Biscuit, but I did not listen to them. So it was it was kind of interesting to like hear that sound again that I remember hearing on the radio, but you know, is not really part of music anymore. Yeah. I would say. Well, and that's and that's one kind of interesting thing too, is we've had a lot of like protest oriented bands that have still gone on even while Rage was on hiatus and everything. But nothing that was, like, ever a mainstream movement the way that Rage was, at least when I was in junior high and high school. Like, it's almost fucking insane that MTV 
was pushing their videos in like 1992, 93, and 94. Like, if you just like look at their videos, if you haven't in a while, because it's like it just tells you statistics of how like the U.S. government has yeah <laughs> colonized indigenous people like it's just <laughs> it's it's like um it's almost that the the uh the boomer generation was just so oblivious to it because i guess they hadn't been taught it in school and stuff and were so drunk on their own american exceptionalism in the 80s that they were they thought oh look at this cute little thing the kids are doing it's so cute we and we can make money off it we can commodify this we can put it on radio stations we can sell we can get cd sales we'll sell out t- tower records we'll do all this they're like oh yeah we can we can fucking capitalize this too even though it's a direct re- refutation of capitalism and directly poking it in the eye they they right. they didn't even see it for that. Like nowadays, I I feel like um, people are so much more uh, trigger happy or on guard for any kind of thing that might be uh, woke liberalism or wh- whatever whatever they might boogie term they might throw at it. That there's no way that this type of thing would be the same mainstream level nowadays if it was coming around. Which is also why it's refreshing that. It's almost like Rage did have a little bit of an obligation because there's not going to be a new band that could just take the mantle for what they had because that new band will not get the same level of exposure and recognition and clout and consideration in the in the modern media environment the way that Rage did in the early 90s media environment. And they can basically just pick up where they left off and everyone will be like, oh, well, this is an established musical tradition. So... We all are going to get behind this. We can't like, it's, it's, they, they, they are the only ones that could pick up where they left off and still have the same impact, I think, rather than some new artist trying to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they brought so much energy to it too. That was like, you could hear, you felt like the intensity of everything that's going on, like in the show, Mm -hmm. um, and obviously the vignettes are like helping to set the mood as they're like icing down in the back for like, you know, a minute or whatever. I love that. And I'm stealing it for all my own shows where instead of, <laughs> instead of foolishly thinking, okay, we're going to play for 45 minutes or okay, we're going to play for an hour straight. No, we all realize we're in our forties now. Let's do what Rage did. We'll play five songs and then we'll take a five minute break and then we'll come back. We'll play five more songs and we'll take another five minute break. <laughs> And it'll be great. And the audience needed it. Like that that was the other thing about that. Like the the audience, we're all the same age as the band members. So the fact that the band members were gassed after five songs, everyone in the audience was bent down, hands on their knees, trying to catch their breath. <laughs> like <laughs> the, the energy was so hard for that first for that first um bomb track, you know. Man, we went off, and I was explaining it to Justin like it's very much like a young football team that just finally made it to the college football playoff for the first time, you know? And so their adrenaline is just so high that they just bust their nut in the first quarter, and then they're gassed for the rest of the game because they were like, oh, crap, (laughs) didn't realize I was going to just empty my tank. And that's the way the entire audience was. By, like, the end of that fifth song, like, you could hear the... uh, the heavy breathing, gasping from the audience and the fact that no one had the energy to scream along anymore. And it was like, oh, thank God they're taking a break. 
<laughs> we all need it. We all understand respect, and I'm gonna steal that from now on. There's no no more no more 45 minute sets. Never again am I doing it. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> that was pretty great. And then to cap it off, I mean, of course the show was fantastic, but boy, is it great to know that jorts got picked up by news outlets for his video dude i love and i have no idea like everyone in the audience is recording yeah you know the people in front of me recorded the entire thing and on their phone and we were talking about that but that's like and then we're the last we're the last ones to leave this farmer's field in wisconsin we stopped to get gas on the way out, meet the nicest kid in Wisconsin working at a gas station. <laughs> just trying to chill, yeah, just he trying had to a, chill. He had a band, and uh, he he found out that, like, Jorts played music, and so he went back and he put his band's demo tape over the loudspeakers of the gas station so we could hear it while we were checking out. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I wish it was I was a pretty sweet. Was it was a pretty a, sweet move. That's awesome. <laughs> but, um... Then we got back to Chicago and we're all like, oh, we're fucking starving. And and uh, Justin ch- takes us to this diner and we all wait. You know, we got it's like a we were there for like an hour and a half at least. You know, I don't know even yeah. what time we got back to the house, maybe like 3.30 a.m., something like that. I think it was close to four. Yeah. And that's when Jorts posted his video onto Instagram. Yeah. So there's all this time where any of the other 30,000 people could have also posted all of their videos of the same abort the Supreme Court um, stuff on on their social media. But for whatever reason, the delay of time happens and Jorts gets picked up and then like uh, now this asks for his permission to use it. And then once now this picks it up and puts it on Instagram and their Twitter feed, then all the celebrities of the world start retweeting it. And George's video, I think by the time we were <laughs> leaving uh, for the airport, like George's video had been seen over 2 million times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. He's just a fucking I mean, influencer. D.L. Hughley is his best friend now. It's pretty great. <laughs> Yeah, it's that was fantastic just because it's I was like I was next to Jorts, too. Um, And so that was that was fun. I'm sure he had a blast answering all of my questions about a band band (laughs) setting up. And so so why is Tom having to change a guitar again? Did he break another string? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not 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 at that level. We were talking about the guy setting up the drums and how he feels when other people set up his drums and. Yeah, very fascinating stuff. Just him telling me how, like, if he doesn't go out there and, you know, test out where the drums are, he's spending the entire first song just rearranging the yeah, drum set in him. his brain. Um, fascinating stuff, because I, I could not play a drum uh, to save my life. Um, but, yeah, just knowing that that took off for, and you know, good sentiment, but that was very funny seeing... Like, as you're mentioning that Rage can pick up where they left off, seeing so many comments where people are like, Rage has now become the machine. Yeah. It's like, Ooh, what? they sold out. <laughs> I, I wish Rage would just go back playing good rock tunes like they used to. I don't like all this political shit. <laughs> yeah. Those are my favorites. That was crazy. My favorites from a bunch of cops who just now realize that Rage don't like the cops. And they're like, what? I listen to these guys all the time in high school. When did they When did they become anti-police? 
It's it's just and again, this is where I I feel like I can't hear lyrics. I can figure out the sentiment of a song. Like how I can tell from just Tom Morello's guitar solo tone that he really wants to throw that in the face of a cop right now. Yeah, yeah. When no, no one does when a he's... cop siren guitar solo because he just loves the cops. <laughs> As he's playing his amp like plug yeah, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. the palm of his hand, I can tell. Mm. Um, yeah, it was uh, that was very surprising. That, but I think all of those people are just trying to convince you that they used to be cool. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. To rage, like, I'm they chill. Never listen to rage. Look, look. I had to grow up and get a corporate job, but I used to be cool, man. I used to be cool back in high school. I had like one of those Gamecocks hats. Yeah, right. Yeah, I shopped at uh shopped at Abercrombie and Fitch. I got the the shirt that just said Woodpecker on it or whatever. And yeah, and I and weird. I didn't I didn't contribute to their corporate wealth. I stole a pair of jeans from Abercrombie and Fitch for rage because right. I did it for rage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that was so surprising. But so what'd you what do did after? You do? Did you see sunny Chicago? Did you uh? Did you, did you see all the cool parts? Did you go to Gacy's house? Uh, boy, is it humid there. That's the first thing I'll say. Oh, yeah. Um, you and Jorts just hate humidity. California boys are like, oh, I've never felt humidity before. I have lived in humidity. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Houston where I would walk to work during the summer. <laughs> and I have lived in Tokyo, which is the same thing yeah, it's as just Houston. Houston. So. So, so what you're saying is you become soft. Since you moved uh, to liberal California, you're just eating soy and never learning how to sweat again. The invitation is open for you to come <laughs> come here. Um, yeah, it's it was so humid, but it was um, I like you know we had stayed in the Airbnb, but then obviously that ended. So I got a hotel uh, close to the airport just to save money because I don't know if you know this, but hotels are gouging prices. No whenever way. It's a city. Um, yeah. And, uh, booking it day of, they like to do that too. But, you know, I figured they're going to have one more room open or whatever, but no. Anyways, I stayed at a motel six, um, and, uh, you know, TC was telling me to keep my eye open for the soap that has the trafficking number yeah, on the back of it. Anti-trafficking so. hotline. Right. Um, which they do have. Straight uh, to Matt Gates's office. That's just a direct hotline <laughs> to his office. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I mean, maybe it was just me, but the the people working the front desk did not seem like they were going to be putting up with any, <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any traffickers. They they definitely had no time for them. Um, but then I caught a bus uh, back to the end of the Blue Line, so like Forest Park, mm-hmm. and. The bus was great because <laughs> I'm riding the bus um, and I had timed it perfect. I walked up to the bus station and 30 seconds later, bus pulls up. Nice. It's um, not, nothing so, worse than thinking you're about to get on the bus and then it's like, oh, it'll be here in 25 minutes. Yeah, that does suck. Um, but the bus got stopped by a train, not like a passenger train, like a cargo train or whatever. <laughs> and so the... 
<laughs> the bus driver, there's only like three of us in the bus. Bus driver turns around and he's like, I'm taking my break and just holds up a cigarette as he like walks out the, Hell <laughs> out the door. Yes. And I think he knew like the two people on the bus too. Cause one of them gets up and goes, well, I'm going to get me some exercise too. Yeah. And just starts moving <laughs> his arms. So they're like hanging out all three of them outside, like smoking and talking to each other, uh, get to the train station. And, uh, as I told Justin too, I was surprised at 10 in the morning just people selling weed on the butt or on the train (laughs) that early and he's like yeah (laughs) the blah man does not stop (laughs) no never 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 um so that was that was insightful um the person i was going to interview so i had packed up my backpack with all of my stuff in it all of my recording gear get on the train open my emails feeling sick can't do it today no so now Would you be willing to come back Chicago. to Chicago in two days when I feel better? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you staying any other days? No, I had explicitly said this was the last day. So had to reschedule that, but got to walk around Chicago f- carrying 40 pounds of equipment. You could have done a lot of um, man on the street stuff. I was thinking about it, but I was shocked. There's not much street art in Chicago. yeah. Like compared to LA, it is vacant. I was I was very surprised. Um I saw an exhibit that uh it's this place called Wonder Museum. Um that was designed by a few different artists, one of them including Barbara Kruger, which is a huge uh influence to me. Um everyone has seen her stuff, but they don't really know it unless you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's the person that, like, in the 80s, I think, made the the pro-choice poster, the My Body is a Battleground. Okay, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, the white text on red blocks with, like, a black and white image of, of a woman that's kind of uh, inverted on the right half. And so, uh, that's, like, her stuff, and she's very, I don't know, political. Um, so, that was very, very cool to be in a place that she like made. Um, And it was interesting because it's one of those places that's designed to be like a pop-up thing, like very much take Instagram photo, like those type of people go there, but being designed by Barbara Kruger, (laughs) I know that it was meant to be like, those people are also part of the exhibit. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was kind of cool. Um, they had some stuff that was like pulling haiku out of just random Wikipedia articles. Um, so that was nice. And then, oh, that's what you sent us where it was just rant. You were grabbing random. I, I, you sent us that uh, video. Yeah. 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 I mean, one of them was really (laughs) was insightful that, um, yeah, there were some of them that, that were great. And then, um, Yayoi Kusama had, her mirror or her infinity room there um and she's an artist that's from japan uh, and she does like a bunch of polka dots uh stuff because when she was a kid i didn't know this but when she was a kid she had a mental illness where she saw polka dots on everything oh, okay. so she's she's created that in her artwork and i was reading like her timeline before going into the room and 
very interesting timeline, full of interesting stuff. Nobody else read it yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was walking by. I read everything in that place. I spent like two hours in there. Yeah. Um, people were just like wanting to go into the room to take photos. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I love re I love reading at museums. Um, but that's why a lot of people don't like to go to museums with me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean it, it was, takes it me was a like, long time. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool stuff and I didn't know this. I've looked it up since, but like all of her stuff in like the 70s uh 60s, 70s, 80s was plagiarized by like Andy Warhol and like oh, okay. other famous artists. Like they they knew her and they would go to her shows at like very small galleries um, where she would show stuff because she didn't have popularity. And they'd be like, this is great. And then they would put something on at a larger gallery a few months later. There was the same thing, just like a blatant ripoff of it. Like her mirror room, her infinity room, I keep screwing it up, but it's like all mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, another like guy who had never done anything like that had one that was like, I don't know. Everything, all of the stuff that people ripped off from her, the art critics at the time were like, this is a turning point in art. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. She actually, like, she lived in New York, I think, but she tried to kill herself. She, like, jumped out of a her apartment window and had luckily landed on a bike. So it, like, didn't kill her. It, like, broke her fall enough. And then she checked herself into a mental asylum like a mental hospital and lives there to this day. She's like a 90 year old. She's still an artist, but um, she's like, yeah, I just want to live here. Cause I know that <laughs> I'll kill myself if I don't. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty intense. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got to see that. So that was great. And then I got dinner with Justin. Um, so that was fantastic. That's so cute. So cute. I like Chicago. It was nice. The trans public transportation he was saying sucks for people who live there now, but um, great if you're visiting. <laughs> yeah, it is great if you're visiting. I mean, it's and if you live in a uh, a predominantly car city like L.A. or Dallas, like anything is like a breath of fresh air. Just having like, oh, you mean I could just access a train to go to a sporting game? I could access a train to go to dinner with my friends and then just come back at other time at random times and not have to worry about it. Yeah, the 24-hour train was great. Except when uh, it doesn't run and then you got to get an Uber. But sometimes it's just the way that it works out. <laughs> God's trying to test you. Yeah, we we met Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the only, the thing that was great about it though that um for all of our civic engineers that are listening, um, no strodes in Chicago that I could see. None of the, you got a sidewalk, you got businesses you can walk to, but it's 55, 60 miles an hour, five yeah, lane yeah, roads yeah, going yeah, through. Yeah. Like it is built, at least the place where we were staying and the places we kind of went were built the way that cities are supposed to be built, where like, the fast roads go around stuff and then you drive 35 miles an hour on a two lane road with a median with plenty of sidewalk space and restaurants and everything like that. It was great. Yeah. And even if you wanted to drive faster, you couldn't because there's a stoplight at every single intersecting street. You you can't like just floor at 70 cutting through the city or whatever, hoping to catch every green light or anything like that. 
Yeah. So <clears throat> that was my experience. Chicago, best summer city in America. <laughs> yeah. best, Hotly debated. Best city for six weeks out of the year. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, we nailed it. <laughs> we, we went at the exact right time. And I guess the science thing that happened while we were there was uh, we got those first JWST photos or images, spectrographs. Yes. So that was pretty cool. I mean, uh, I don't know about everyone else. I cried at the deep field image. Uh, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, Which one is the deep field image? The, so they did five. The, the deep field is the one that is just like all of those galaxies looking in the past, and you can see the gravitationally lensed red ones around the edges of the center oh, okay. and stuff where they're all arced and squiggly line looking because the light is like bent multiple ways by the galaxies that are in the foreground of it. And in that image, the furthest red galaxy that they can see in that image is from 13.1 billion years ago. So it's less than 700 million years after the Big Bang. And you have a full galaxy that has full spectral range with stars that have been born and died and emitted oxygen and neon and helium. Like you're past just the hydrogen stage. Even at 700 million years, you have like a full, at least, at least one full generational cycle of star growth and death in that period of time with the galaxies that they can see just from that one first image. And just to the, the blow your mind stats from that, just to close out the pod. Um, so like we talked about Hubble and the Hubble deep field image that they took, you know, where they just picked a blank spot of sky and stared at it for weeks and then slowly developed this image. One, that was all optical light. Two, it took weeks of focusing the telescope in this one spot before you were able to draw in enough light to create that image. The James Webb appeared way deeper, had a much smaller envelope, like an arc radius of the sky that it was looking at than Hubble did, and it was able to generate that image in less than two hours of viewing time. Man. So, so the thing to think about the arc radius, this is the narrowest arc radius that has ever been peered deep into the universe. So the equivalent arc radius of the sky, like the patch of sky that the James Webb looked at. And I should stop calling it James Webb because fuck that guy. The JWST. Um, the, the arc radius is the equivalent of if you took a grain of sand and you put that on the tip of your index finger, and then you reached your index finger the full arm's length away from your eye, the amount of sky that would be covered by that grain of sand on the tip of your index finger as you looked out down your arm, that is the arc radius of the amount of sky that the telescope peered into to get that deep field image. And you have thousands of galaxies <laughs> in that arc, <laughs> just in that arc radius, <laughs> and and those galaxies have billions of stars in each one of those. <laughs> so just yeah, to but the blow your fucking mind thing, and in that arc radius, you we are able to peer back all the way to in less than two hours, get enough uh, red shifted light, even beyond the with the expansion rate of the universe. That you're able to see 13.1 billion years back in time. 
Yeah, but scientists can't explain how we're in the perfect spot to have life in our solar system. So <laughs> really, this proves the existence of God because I don't see any life on any of these galaxies here. Just the fucking craziest part about it is the spectrometry. Like to have the ability to not just get one like chemical marker through spectral analysis of a galaxy from that's 13.1 billion miles away. Like we've never mm. even gotten like an accurate spectral analysis of things that are twice as close as that to, to have even barely the fingerprint of what the chemical compounds that are being emitted from those galaxies are and the stars in those galaxies. And they have multiple points of spectral analysis where they can detect exactly what the chemical compounds are. They also did this with a, a hot Jupiter that's going around a star uh, that's about a thousand light years away and they can tell exactly the chemical compounds of the atmosphere of that planet because as the light from the star pierces through the atmosphere, it gets separated by the particles in that atmosphere and with the spectral analysis from the telescope, it can dis decipher which colors get broken off based upon the different chemical compounds and elements that make up the atmosphere of that planet. So they know there's water in, in, the, in the atmosphere of that planet, even though it's a hot Jupiter. There's water vapor. They know that there's hydrogen. They know that there's helium. They know that there's all of this stuff that's just right there. And so when they start to point that at like actual uh, more terrestrial type uh, exoplanets will be able to actually know, is there methane? Is that methane um, a, a precursor for life or is that methane that is generated by biosignatures on that planet? It's going to be fucking insane here in the next few years because we are going to get knowledge that I think this planet is covered with plants. Like that is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be so cool <laughs> it's and just the fact that the thing took over 25 years like we talked about in the episode and it was an international effort and all of the things that could have possibly gone wrong all of the things that could have fucked up just even in launching even getting it out to the lagrange point even getting just the instruments tested and turned on even protecting it from the heat so that the instruments wouldn't get fried and they could stay cold enough. Like all of the things and everything, everything went right. It all worked. It's, it's, it's fucking amazing. So like for the people that think that you can't have an international project to come up with fusion energy and we couldn't solve climate change and we couldn't fix some of this stuff, we're totally capable of doing it. It just takes enough people actually, uh, investing in science and technology to solve these types of problems rather than thinking that the their own profit motive or whatever matters more or their own access to heaven matters more or their insistence that the earth is only 6,000 years old matters more or whatever. <laughs> We're totally capable of doing these things. We just have to fucking get out of our own way. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh... I'm, of course, listening to the book review of, I think it's The Making of Global Capitalism mm -hmm. that's the um, Matt Chrisman is going through. And it's, this just reminds me of that because it's, uh, there is the potential to solve all of these things, especially climate change. Um, 
but it's it's one of those things that's like seems to be outside the the mental capacity of people who think that the market is some deity that needs to be satisfied like the the making of capitalism after world war ii in the u.s was just because they couldn't they wouldn't allow themselves to imagine that um they could have built socialism or something to right to help people it was no we need to pacify all these people that have just seen hell by saying well you can buy your way to happiness um so it'll be interesting to see if we can find life on other planets before we all <laughs> yeah. kill ourselves. We'll, we'll be say, well, <laughs> at least uh, when we extinguish life on this planet, we know it's still going on somewhere else in the universe. We at least, <laughs> right? We at least prove that. Uh, yeah, and I think it's it's one of those uh, you know underlying things when people criticize um, you know investments in funding in science and technology, especially in space or NASA. And yeah, it's a government agency, and yeah, you can point that there's a lot of waste and there's a uh, cronyism going on where people are getting government contracts to their best friends and like every like every government funded program. But the I, I think the idea that irks most people about that, and they say it's like, uh, man, we should just be spending that money on the ground. We got more problems on Earth right now. Why don't we just solve those before we go dreaming about the stars and the implication when that um accusation is made is really you're saying i don't see any kind of profit motive for something like the jswt telescope we're never going to turn a profit on this investment <laughs> you're thinking like a fucking capitalist that's all you yeah. can think like Th this is a proof of demonstration of how collaborative pro projects work without a profit incentive and if anything, like this should be a, a, a model that you can like replicate in lots of other avenues and fields and to show that you can have successes and solve other existential problems without having to surrender them to the market. I mean, that's like, that is one of the amazing things about the US. And that's what it means to say that there's a military industrial complex is they built something so that they could like the only things that have been built in the U S like, um, specifically that don't have an immediate profit incentive are for the military. Right. Like, that's how we got the internet, <laughs> you know, like unless, unless we're really planning on selling all these broken F 35s to Israel, like maybe we're going right. to mark it up and <laughs> be like, okay, well, uh, look, it's got, you got to make this good on my end or no deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's, that is the meaning of it that unless it can turn a profit within six months, people don't imagine it. Mm -hmm. And you got to, you know, you've got to blank the capitalist in your head. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. And uh, make sure that you stop thinking that way because it's that's literally what's going to kill people. <laughs> As we just endure these great temperatures, just burning away. And, you know, as my friends are like, man, I hate it in Texas. I kind of want to move to Europe. And then you're like, oh, yeah, but did you see how uh, Portugal and Spain and France are all on fire too? And it's going to be a... Over a hundred degrees in London this week. Yeah, there's there's no getting. You're not gonna escape it. There's not gonna be a place you get away from it. It's just <laughs> the 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 runaway effect has started, folks. It's it's everywhere. There's not a there's not a refuge. You're gonna be like, ah, oh, if I could just get out of this 
stupid area of America where it's hot. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be pretty bad. Um, but at least we don't have COVID to worry about. Right, right. Opening Twitter Explorer. Oh, the president has COVID shit, now. Shit, shit, um, shit. Well, no one say that you hope he dies because that's that's why Trump won. Uncouth. That's why Trump won last time is because everyone when he got COVID, everyone's like, hope he dies. And everyone's like, oh, these dastardly Democrats. See, they don't care about life at all. They want our president to die. So nobody say, oh. I hope Joe Biden dies. Nobody say that. Especially if I, you're I a Democrat, know, don't say that. I didn't know Joe Biden had COVID. When I said president, I meant uh, Corby Davidson. Oh, well, yeah. It's it's getting everybody. I Although I took, yeah. I, I took multiple tests since both of our trips. Negative over here. Everybody call me mask boy on the plane and the train. I don't know. I'm standing over here totally COVID free. Yeah. It's not a hard thing to just pop it on, but you know, that requires a uh, some knowledge of science. But then wouldn't you feel like a dork though when like the majority of everyone else is not wearing one? Don't don't you feel like you're stupid? Don't you feel stupid <laughs> and you just want to take it off cuz you don't want to feel stupid like a sheep? No, no. You 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 don't want to feel like a stupid sheep. You want to f- you should follow all the people without the masks on so you don't feel stupid like a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I feel totally fine, um, and you should too. Uh, but you know, almost over with this pandemic. Yeah, yeah, school's gonna start. All the kids got vaccinated now that it's available to them. It's gonna go great. School year's gonna go great, guys. Fall's gonna be awesome. Just chill. New variant that you can catch, um, even though you're fully vaccinated, uh, immediately after having a different variant, COVID. Um, but hey. You know, at least we got to take our masks off on airplanes. Yeah, that's that's the biggest goal for all of it. All right, man. Maybe we can talk some more in depth on James Webb because the just the the other thing, the M I R or M R I R blah blah M I R I um instrument on there that was able to slice that five gluster five galactic cluster image and slice it like in time you know like you would slice like a layer cake yeah so it's actually like a 4d image because they're able to tell exactly what's in the foreground not just based on um things being in the foreground but actually temporally in the foreground and stuff yeah it's fucking insane but for next week we've blabbed on enough Well, I'll talk to you then. All right, later, buddy. Bye.